episode 239 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log, with Garmin Pilot. Pilot to Pilot is brought to you by The Finer Points. These guys are constantly adding content to the Ground School app. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. The TSO certified Bose ProFlight Series 2 aviation headset pairs Bose noise cancellation with optimum comfort. It's engineered to be the lightest, most compact aviation headset for an uncompromised flying experience. Start your 60-day test flight and finance with Bose Pay at bose.com slash proflight. As pilots, we know that flying is among life's greatest experiences. Learning to fly can be a challenge, but now there's an innovation in pilot training that increases efficiency, streamlines the training process, and improves student retention. The AOPA Flight Training Advantage uses an iPad app and web portals to create an adaptive, dynamic training experience that's unique to each student. Designed to address the most common reasons students drop out of flight training, the AOPA Flight Training Advantage system is used by flight schools, CFIs, and students to make training more effective, efficient, and fun. Learn how you can get the AOPA Flight Training Advantage at aopa.com AFTA. That's A-F-T-A. Aviation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams, and I am your host. Today's episode is an Ask Me Anything. Now, this one is going to be a little bit more different as I asked questions to be asked specifically about fractional aviation. So we have a list of questions here. We're going to go through them, and we're going to see um, what you guys got to ask. So if you want to ask a question, like always, follow me on Instagram at Pilot the Pilot. Um, and you can also follow us on Pilots Coffee or email us a question at pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. Let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and break right into this. Um, this one is kind of the most popular question. Pay structure. Are you straight salary? Are you per trip, per hour, per diem, per every blah, blah, blah. Literally, he goes per dot, 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 dot. So he wants to know everything. And this was a very common question. So our pay scale is very difficult to get a good gauge of what you're going to make. Now, we are paid a flat-out salary, so I just want to get that out of the way. We have a set salary. If I never fly one hour the whole year, I'm going to for sure make this one salary. Um, So that's always sure. So if if you fly, like last tour, I only flew 10 hours, so didn't make any extra money, which I'll get into a little bit, but I am still set to make my every two-week salary that I normally get paid, paid bi-weekly, by whatever it's called, <laughs> bi-monthly, bi-weekly. But yeah, we are always going to get a set salary. Uh, we also have a lot of soft money. Now, soft money is great, but soft money is also very hard to get a good understanding of what you're actually going to make consistently, especially when you change schedules. We have a ton of schedules. Uh, like I said, it's just very difficult, but let me go ahead and try to break it down. So we have... Uh, I'm just going to rattle them out. You might not understand what they mean right away, but I'll try to explain them. We have a 52-day schedule. We have a crew choice 60-day schedule. We have a 7 and 7. We have an 8 and 6. We have a crew choice, which is called the CC, if you see it on Airline Pilot Forms or Airline Pilot Central. We have a CC 72 and a CC 78. So those are all crew choice. Um, Those are all the schedules that we offer currently. 7 and 7 is probably the most popular. 8 and 6 was just created a little bit ago, like honestly, like last year. Um, The crew choice is essentially you get to find out your schedule every single month. You you don't necessarily 
bid for stuff. We do have a, a PBS light. I don't really think it's PBS at all, but it's preferential bid system, which most of the airlines use and utilize and a lot of companies utilize. But ours is mainly just be like, hey, we would like this day off. Is there any chance you could build the schedule to make sure we have this day off? Um, and that's not always guaranteed. Uh, a lot of times if you put 100%, you can you can put like five choices, I believe, in there. You rank the percentage of which one you want off. And usually they try to get it off if you can. But if they just can't build the schedule around the one day off, you, you oftentimes won't get that off. So that's the, the crew choice. Um, you work more days. I think it, you divide it by four months. So I believe it's like uh, 18 days, 17 days uh, per month. So you can kind of do the math and figure out how many days you have off. But the pay does increase for that. Now, I don't have the, the number off the top of my head. But I believe for me, it's a about $15,000 increase for working those other schedules. Now, what's the benefit to the company? One, you work more days. And two, they can kind of bid your schedule or build your schedule to fit the company's needs month by month basis. Now, the eight and six, the seven and seven, those schedules are going to be a little bit less of a pay cut. You have not control over your schedule, but you know your schedule a year in advance. You know every single day you're going to work, every holiday you're going to have on, every holiday you're going to have off. So it's very, it's more the preferred schedule unless you are just really out there to try to make money. Now, this is all, like I said, this is all kind of quarterly. So every quarter you can bid for a new schedule. Uh, there's a master year. So every July, I believe we bid for the overall year. That's where your your seniority all comes into play and you get to see what schedule you want. So if you want to change lines, what I mean by change lines is go from a Tuesday start to a Saturday start for a seven and seven or eight and six, you can do that. And that's going to be all based on your seniority and everyone is supposed to bid that and you bid that preferences and that's going to be your preferential bid for that year. So that usually you will stay on that schedule for the whole year. Now, you also have the option every quarter to put in a new bid. But what this does is those lines. So say you want to go from a crew choice 72 where you're working 17 days a year and then now you are 17 days a month. And now you want to go to the seven and seven. If you're very senior, you're not going to be able to kick anyone junior off of a line because they were already put on that for the master bid. And I don't know if master is the right word to use, but that's how that's going to work. So every October, you get your, your set schedule. And then let's say in February or January, you get the bid again. You get the bid what is available, so what is left, but you can't kick anyone off that schedule. So you, it's kind of unfair for, for senior people just to be able to kind of get the flexibility you want year by year, but uh, that's how it's built right now. Uh, I am currently on the seven and seven. Uh, I am doing Tuesday starts for the longest time. So when I was hired here, I did the 78 day, which I believe is 18 days a year, 18 days a month. And you work, you can either work five day tours, six day tours, seven day tours, or eight day tours. Now, if you work a six day tour, you only get three days off. You're only guaranteed three days off. If you work a six-day tour, you're only guaranteed three days off. If you work a seven-day tour, you're guaranteed four days off. If you work an eight-day tour, you're guaranteed five days off. So you could do a six, three, eight, five. So <laughs> it's really rough. So in 17 days, you could work 14 days and only have three days off. That does happen more often than you would think, and it is very unfortunate every single time because three days is just not enough, especially when you're preparing to go out for eight. Um, yeah, it's not ideal, but people do it. You get paid more. Like I said, I think it's anywhere from a 15 to $20,000 pay increase. Um, so it can be quite advantageous for you to do it. If that's something that you're interested in and if you're your schedule or if you don't have a family or even if you just, you and your wife are out there balling and trying to make as much money as possible, saving up for a house, go do it. 
And then what I was talking about earlier, say I'm on the seven and seven and I know maybe this next quarter we're going to need some more expenses or we're saving up for, for Christmas or house renovations. I have the ability to bid a busier schedule. So I can go from the seven and seven to a 78 day tour. Um, there's only certain 76, whatever it's called. I'm having a blank right now. There's only a certain availability and the company can decide who gets what, who gets when, but if it's available, you can bid, you can make more money. So that's a, you can only do that quarterly though. So it's on a month by month basis, even though your crew choice schedule, your schedule comes out every single month, but you're locked into whatever schedule for that whole quarter. So you're not allowed to bid out of the 76 day or out of the 72 day to 77 until you're done with that quarter, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how the pay kind of works. I know it's like, it's really hard. If you go to airline pilot central, it's really difficult to, to project how much you're going to make because our flying is not up to us. It is all up to the scheduling. It's all up to how it works. We're a hundred percent on demand, last minute stuff, uh, planes break. You got to go fill in for this. Well, you might've had this awesome trip from Dulles to Carlsbad, but, uh, another plane broke and the computer, we call it fusion goes in and says, Hey, it's actually better for you to do this trip. So they'll, they'll put you on that trip and your new trip might be Dulles to Teterboro. Uh, so a lot of times it might not work out in your favor. Sometimes it does work out in your favor, but when it first started, we started this in 2018, um, and it was quite crazy how much extra money you can make. I could double my set salary, and those salaries are all online, so you can look those up. I don't actually know the numbers off the top of my head, but I have, I think last year, I doubled my salary based on how much I flew. So the money is out there. It's just difficult when you can't control how much you're going to make. Like last tour, I said, we are in Milwaukee. We had a bunch of broken airplanes that were going back and forth from, so we didn't fly very much. And we ended up with 10.6 hours. Now, after 10 hours, you get paid $148 for every single flight hour you accumulate. So flying 10.4, we get paid 0.4 <laughs> extra. So 0.4 of $148. So it's like $60, which not a lot. So not uh, not, not going to be breaking the bank with that one. But there are tours where you can you can fly 30 hours, 40 hours. If you work extra days and you're on the CC76 and you extend a couple of days, you can make 50 hours of flight bit, uh, flight duty pay. Not 50 hours, 50 minus 10, so 40. That's kind of the max I've ever seen. But I like the, any time I get the 25 or 30 plus, it's a good tour. Once you're flying in the 40s, your quality of life really tanks and you're tired and uh, you're kind of just chasing money at that point. So anywhere between 25, 30, 35 at a top end, you're bringing home an extra like three grand a month or three grand a paycheck, which is quite substantial. Uh, there's a lot of flying to go out there too. But it's just not, like I said, the only bad part about it is you have zero control over um, over how much you make. So that's kind of our pay in a uh, in a roundabout way. It's really hard to, to explain. Uh, I, made, I made a lot more money last year than I'm going to make this year. And that's partly because I switched schedules, went from a, a higher working schedule to the 7 and 7, which does pay less. So, But at the, the benefit of that is I know my schedule for a year in advance. We get to plan daycare for my kids. So my parents will come up, Christina's parents will come up and they'll swap each week that I'm off and they'll go ahead and take care of Emmett for us while Christina's working in the hospital, which she works 90 hours a week, which is absolutely insane. But anyways, next question. Do you still get flight benefits? Kind of. So we do not get to fly in Delta. We do not get to fly, oh, I take that back. We do not get to fly standby in any airline. But what we do get is we hit all the miles for our trips on those airlines. So Every once in a while, maybe every year, you might have enough for a round trip flight, um, maybe a couple round trip flights, but it's really not anything like, it's not going to change your life. It's not something that you come here just for that. 
what we can do though that is pretty cool and it's not as great in raleigh where i live now as it was in chicago or if you live in teterboro or you live in columbus or live anywhere with a big base we can fly on empty legs of any private jet flight for free so i know a friend that flew from columbus to hawaii i uh, had a friend that flew from new york to italy um on a global so that's insane we flew from san jose to reno um why reno uh, we were chasing standby because my dad used to fly to american we needed to get home the best flight home was in reno i looked up uh, or i looked up in we're in san jose i looked up in our company app and i said hey there's a flight from san jose to reno at this time do you want to take it and i was like all right let me check american see what the standby looked like there's 100 seats open so we took that flight to go to reno so we could fly home so i go to work the next day so uh, you can use it it's pretty cool some people if they have their 21 day vacation they'll kind of display uh roulette and they'll see where they can go they'll uh, drive to the closest airplane maybe it takes them to palm beach then they hop on a global to bahamas or they hop on a global to california and they or latitude or longitude and see where it can take them so that's our flight benefits which is cool but it doesn't you can't really plan for that either and it's not I don't really see too many flight opportunities in Raleigh area. Chicago, there's a ton. Uh, but yeah. Uh, with your company, can you live in any city? Kind of. You can live in, I think we have like 120, 130 major crew bases. And not major, but technically we're home base. But you can't li- live anywhere. You still have to have a certain amount of airline service. Um, I mean, these airports are really tiny. So you can go, you can live out of Durango, Colorado. You can live out of a lot of these small mountain towns, Bozeman, Billings, um, a lot of these places can still be considered crew bases. Now they do a review every quarter as well of all these. They have to meet certain criteria. So every once in a while they do either waiver them or close them. I don't know exactly how that all works. Cause I've only lived in pretty big bases or pretty big airports with airlines in them. So I've never had to really deal with that, but there are some rules to where you can live and maybe it just, you can still live there and use it as a base, but you don't get as many benefits like the after midnight policy where you paid a ton of money if they can't get you home after midnight. There has to be a certain amount of flights that can get you home in a certain time. So yeah, that's how that works. Uh, you can pretty much live anywhere. Sometimes you might have to drive to an airport or sometimes they might close that base or just waiver it. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. With inflation hitting historic highs, it's no secret the market is going through a rough patch and a lot of us are feeling the financial impact. To help you navigate today's economic turbulence, our partners at RAA have put together a free inflation guide exclusively for pilots. Learn what drives high inflation, how long the current trend might last, and ways you can protect your finances from its worst effects. It's a must-read, and your money will thank you for it down the line. Download yours today at raa.com slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot, T-O, pilot. And now back to today's episode. Uh, let's see. Can you wear any type of shoe when flying? This is from G. Dunn of Aviation Weekends. He hates on my boots because he wears old man shoes and probably has arthritis and can't walk because he's so old but yes you can wear whatever you want as long as they're kind of black and the company gives you 150 dollars so far every in the last two years they've given it to us twice to buy shoes from zappos that's pretty cool how's your quality life compared to a 121 so that is difficult to also explain because i'd say overall you can't compete with the quality life of 121 it's just kind of the structure of our business it's on demand you're getting minimum of 10 hours off. Sometimes you might get like 16, 18 hours off, but you're really honestly living in a 12 to 14 hour off max every single day. Um, it's enough time off. It would be nice to, to have a 36 hour overnight in New York, uh, go plan and do something, but that's just not really how you're living with this job. Now, I don't really know 
what the 737 life at American Southwest or how much time you actually get off. But it, even if you fly the global all over the world, the rest rules are not the same as what a 121 carrier would be. So say uh, if you're looking at Swain Martin, he's planning all these trips and going to all these cool places. You're not necessarily always getting to do that. You can't really plan ahead of time because you don't know what your off time is going to be. And a lot of times in Europe, you fly a trip from, let's say, Chicago to London. Sometimes I'll put you on, on our Europe operation and you'll start flying Europe legs and you might have a little bit less time off. So I'd say overall 121 is probably better. What is fractional? So fractional is just a, it's kind of <laughs> fractional is owners owning fractions of the airplanes. So it's not necessarily its own regulations. It's just they own fractional ownership of the airplanes and we're not really corporate. So they call it fractional, if that makes sense. Uh, we operate under Part 91, Part 135, and Part 91K. Part 91K was essentially created just for us. Gives us a little bit better rest rules, which is kind of crazy thinking about because it's still not great. But before, and when I mean before, it's probably like 10 years ago, maybe even longer, you used to just get 10 hours off and they can call you whenever you want. Um, so now you have a set time. You know when you're going to be turned on, uh, which is great. But before, they can, you have 10 hours off and they can call you at 10 hours and one minute off. And they'd be like, hey, wake up. It's 3 a.m. You got to go. But now we know exactly when to wake up and you can plan for it. What's your schedule like? Duty times, number of legs, sits, layover length. Um, unpredictable. Schedule like, we talked about that. Duty times, they seem to love to have you on duty for 10 hours. Even if you have no airplane, you'll sit in a hotel and you'll be standby at the hotel for 10 hours. So you really just can't go out and do stuff because you got to be close to your phone in case they find an airline for you to go to another airplane. It's going to be kind of frustrating, but I mean... It's a lot better sitting in a hotel than sitting in an airport. That's all I'll say. Uh, number of legs, you can fly from anywhere from one leg to, I think the most I ever flew was six legs. Um, six legs is always a, a bad day and something you don't ever want to do. But yeah. Is it worth leaving 121 for fractional if FedEx is the end goal? No. I would not come here if you want to go to FedEx. Historically, FedEx has liked big, heavy PIC time or just PIC time in general. Um, I know that's going to change a lot with how Rules and regulations, not rules and regulations. I know that's going to change a lot with hiring practices and how they're going to have a lot of, a lot of trouble finding pilots. So they might be able to hire anyone they want. But historically, the route to FedEx is, is pretty much either going to a major carrier for freight already and working your way up through that. So Atlas, whatever it is, and, and kind of move your way in or go to the airlines, get some PIC time and then go there. Where I'm at right now, I'm a five-year FO. We have 14-year FOs, which is changing. I'm hoping to upgrade at seven years, but you don't want to sit here to, to compile all that PIC time and then take even longer to get there. So I'd go to an airline, go to a regional, and you can you can upgrade pretty soon and you can build that PIC time to go to FedEx or UPS. Favorite place to remain overnight, R-O-N. That's what that means. My favorite place, Jackson Hole. Uh, Bermuda's cool. I like staying downtown in Bermuda. That was a lot of fun. Um, Let's see. St. Thomas is really cool. Carlsbad, our, like our hotel where we stay there. That's always fun. Anywhere out west, especially Jackson Hole or some kind of mountain town where you can get out. Just do a quick hike, get some food. That's pretty much all I like. But if we had a bad hotel or a bad place, just give me a hotel with some food options. If I can just go walk to get Starbucks or if I can walk to get hot water to use for Pilot's Coffee, that's what I should have said, uh, that makes your quality of life even better. Or just go get a burger or get a beer or get a non-alcoholic beverage of your choice, whatever it may be. Does the captain do the passenger brief? No. The first officer normally does a passenger brief. Now, that could change if you're really busy loading bags. The captain can go in there, do the brief real quick. Um, but it's usually the first officer, and it's part of his duties. Thinking about leaving the 121 regional world for fractionals, pros, and cons. That's a 
more difficult question to answer right now. It's kind of based on what you want to do. If you want to go to the majors and you're out of flow, you should probably, and I mean, this has just changed with how much they're paying and what it looks like. You should probably stay where you are and go to the flow and go to the majors just with how their pay is looking like, just with their retirement. We still need some work on our pay, some quality of life in our retirement. It it could be a little bit of a gamble to come here, especially if your end goal is to go to the majors. Now, the good news is they can hire, they will most likely hire you from anywhere because they're going to need so many pilots. But again, I've had said historically a lot, but it applies to this. They have not always hired the pilots from my company. That has been changing recently. But a lot of times, if regional or if the majors is where you want to go, you should stay in the regional system. You should work on your flow and you should apply to every single airline outside of your flow and go to the first person who calls you. That's just what you should do. Uh, regionals have bumped up their pay where it's even competitive with ours. And uh, if you're a captain, it could be more than ours. So that's a really tough question to answer. Our quality of life straddles regional quality of life and major quality of life. You just cannot predict it or plan for it. So that's something you really got to think about for yourself. Um, ask more people that are in the industry. See what you want to do. Coming here could be a gamble for you going to the majors, but the good news is they are going to hire anyone anyone so you probably won't have too much an issue with that anymore but our flying is a lot of fun i think it's worth the gamble if you're willing to not go to the majors i think it's worth a gamble if you're willing to forego the majors and want to stay here for a career just because we're going to have to increase our pay we're going to have to increase our quality of life just to attract more pilots to come here so i think it's worth the gamble get here get a good seniority number and who knows in 15 years you could be a captain of a global flying all over the world maybe more than that but yeah how many days do you get off? Is the schedule flexible? The schedule is not very flexible, I, but I do know my schedule for you in advance so you can kind of plan. Uh, you can tour side. So if I'm on a seven and seven and I want to start on a different date, I now start on Tuesday. If I want to start on Friday, I can try to, it has to be approved by the company, but I can try to slide my tour. The only problem with that is you still start on the next Tuesday. So if you slide your tour, you don't get seven days off. You only get four days off after that. So it's kind of a give and take. But if you really need some time off, if you really need something to go to, that's an option. We also have PTO days. So you can use PTO days. We get one a month um, and you can use those for whatever you see fit. But again, that has to be uh, has to be available. You can use emergency PTO if you really need it off. If it's like tomorrow, I need it off. But you can, if you plan ahead, you can use PTO days. Let's see. Do you fly to Europe? I do not, but our planes do. We have longitudes, Challenger 650s. What else do we have? 350s every once in a while. They might go to Ireland. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they don't. That'd be a 650. Globals, Goldstreams, they all do all the around-the-world stuff. Does your family get any benefits with your company, like flying-wise? I kind of answered this earlier, but you are able to fly on empty legs for any private jet that we have literally anywhere. So if you're in Bora Bora and there's a global that's flying to New York, you could go on our phone, sign up, and you could fly from Bora Bora to New York on a global. Pretty cool. 76-day schedule or the 7 and 7. I choose the 7 and 7 because time with Emmett is more beneficial to me than working more and making more money right now. And it, it's very helpful to have our schedule for a year in advance. What's your favorite and least favorite part of the job? Um, my fa- it's actually the same thing. My favorite is the flying. My least, well, kind of the same thing. My favorite is the flying. Our type of flying that we do is a lot of fun. Get to go to a lot of cool places. Get to go to a lot of cool stuff. It's it's really hands-on, and it can challenge your flying skills, and it really keeps you sharp. My least favorite part, which I also like sometimes, but it's just unpredictability. 
um, not knowing how much you're actually going to make, not knowing having any control over your schedule, not really being able to bid certain types of flying. Uh, and, and maybe you have a really cool overnight and you think you might get some good time off, but then at the last minute they change it. Now you're at mid rest and you don't get to do anything. So just all the changes can kind of drag on you and kind of make you frustrated, but it's just a part of the, it's part of our job. It's a part of our job and it's something you get used to, but sometimes it can be annoying. How does family life being a dad go along with it? I'd say it's similar for any aviation job you have or just any job that you travel a lot. It, it's awful. I hate being gone. If I could quit, I would quit, but I can't quit. Um, mainly I say that because got to pay off all Christina's student debt. But even when she does work, I don't think I could just be a stay-at-home dad. But it's really hard being gone for seven days. Uh, Emmett started crawling when I was gone. He does so many stuff, so much stuff. And it's really hard to see him grow up when you're not there. Uh, now on the flip side of that, seven days home is probably the greatest thing in the world. Literally just get to see him 24-7. Seven days in a row is is unbeatable. And it's something that you really, really do love being home. And I'll do anything I can to be home. So seven days off is really tough. That's with the airlines too, though. Whenever you're gone, it's going to be hard. Uh, whether you work four days, seven days, three days, it's time you can't get back and you're not going to see your kid grow and it can be really really difficult but that's going to be any job you have in the aviation industry it's just not good do you guys ever have to share hotel rooms no um i mean i'm sure in the rare instance you agreed to it and there just really wasn't a room for anyone but even then they would try to fly you out to another place to, to put you up in a hotel generally we stay in really nice hotels every once in a while you're just in this random town and it's just kind of is what it is you got a crappy hotel but that is very, very rare. I can probably count three times that I've stayed at a really, really bad hotel, like scary hotels that you wouldn't want to stay in. And that doesn't have, like I said, three times in the last five years. So that's not bad. Do you miss airline travel benefits? Well, I mean, I never technically had them because I worked there, but I had them because my dad worked there. Not really because it's so hard to actually use them. Flights are so full. You can't count on them. I've had to sleep in many airports, been stuck in many places. But man, when it does work, it is the best. When you're flying from Chicago to Shanghai, business class for 16 hours, you can't beat it. So there's pros and cons for that as well, too. But I no, that's not something I really care about too much, to be honest with you. How much do you work with your dispatchers? Do you get a release every flight to review? Yeah, we get a release. Um, all sent to our phone. You can print it off if you want. Our old captain still print it off like George. He can't get over that. I'd like to kill all the trees. I hope George is listening because I'd love to give him some digs. But yeah, so we get our, our release and you get to, to read it, read over it. If you want more fuel, you just put in for more fuel. If you want to change something, you can call a dispatcher, see what's going on. We also have a dedicated meteorology team. Uh, if there's some crazy weather, you want to get some, some better understanding about what's going on with the weather, call them up, talk to them. I've had them say, no, you should not do this trip. So I take it back and we, we talk to safety. We talk to everyone and they realize, hey, maybe we should find a different airport for the owner to go to because it's not going to be the best option. So uh, we have very, very good support uh, and you should use it whenever you want and however often you want to. What's a crew dynamic like? Are FOs just swinging gear or do you have input and decisions? Yeah, it's a full crew. You have input and decisions. Um, I have had no issues with any captain I've ever flown with here that has questioned me or has been like, yo, why are we doing this? Or just made a decision on their own. It's very much a, uh, a crew. It's just like an airline. It's crew oriented. Uh, we always choose the safest option. If someone doesn't feel comfortable, we'll do the safest option. And we never choose an unsafe option, but sometimes 
you can go even farther away from the thunderstorm. Or if you just don't like what's going on, speak up and you can make sure you can go somewhere else. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the questions. That is a wrap. Uh, hopefully you'll get an interview here soon. I'm going to start taking this Bose aviation headset with me. Oh, I should say this Bose gaming headset that was uh, created for gamers, but has been adopted by this podcast. So I'm going to take this on the road with me. Hopefully going to start interviewing people in some hotels and doing some cool stuff with it. Uh, maybe some Instagram lives. If it sounds good, you let me know if this sounds good and we'll keep it up. But Aviation Nation, this is it. This is a wrap on this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, like always, leave a like, review, steal your friends, partners, husbands, wives, whatever, whoever you're near. Literally take their phone from their hand, smack them in the face, and follow, and like, and subscribe, and review to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Aviation Nation, I hope you're having a great day, and as always, happy flying.